Jaspreet Bopperai and Don Nicholson with Greenwashed on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Welcome back to Greenwashed with me, Jaspreet Bopperai, and my co-host, Don Nicholson. And if there is anything you've heard in recent times, it would be the call from Groundswell New Zealand, an advocacy group for farmers that has called upon its supporters to boycott countdown supermarkets for a period of two weeks, beginning from July 24th, this Monday gone, till Sunday, the 7th of August. And here with us right now is the man of the moment, Bryce McKenzie, co-founder of Groundswell. Welcome, Bryce. Thank you very much, Jasper. So this is unprecedented. I've been here a while and I have never heard a call to boycott supermarkets before. What brought this on, Bryce? Uh, I guess just the farmer bashing in the finish, Jasper. We, uh, it was quite noticeable by our committee how they were starting to get feeling like they had been bashed over the head too many times. There's been so much going on. The winter grazing hasn't helped. But just generally, everybody seems to be attacking the farmers. And I guess you could say that this is just something that uh, most of the committee felt was they had had enough. And quite often we can uh, complain about things and, and argue about things and actually don't take any action. But people actually feel better when you do take action. So we decided that we were going to take action. And... Uh, because Countdown had basically said that we were going to have to get our emissions under control and um, that uh, we were causing them most of their problem for their emissions. And then they come out and told us what science they were using, which is the wrong science anyway. It just added another straw to our backs. Uh, that's the reason for calling the, uh, the boycott of Countdown. Uh, yeah. And so far, so good. So, so what? Yeah, so far so good. So, what's the uh, feedback? Have you had any interaction with Countdown themselves? I mean, I imagine they're feeling a bit precious about it. Well, yes, they are, Don. And I mean, we didn't actually expect to have any any correspondence with them, but yes, they emailed us this morning, so they are pretty quick off the mark. And uh, a lot of platitudes and excuses would be the best you could say. Uh, they tried to tell us how much food they give away. They didn't really address their emissions too much. Uh, they did talk a little bit about Scope 1 and 2 and Scope 3 emissions, but um, mostly it was platitudes to try and uh, make us realise that uh, what we were doing probably wasn't in line with where their thinking was. So, yeah, they, at least they reached out to us anyway. Well, they, they say in their press release they want to, or they're committed to reduce supplier emissions by 19% uh, by 2030. And today, in that same press release of last Friday, they're saying uh, emissions made up 98% of their uh, supplier, uh, supplier emissions made up 90% of their carbon footprint. I mean, it beggars belief um, how they could uh, attribute so much to inside effectively the farm gate. Yeah, I, I mean, that's another thing that really upset us. And, of course, the, they're using the wrong metrics to do that. But even if you take that into consideration, it's still a massive part of their uh, missions profile. They're blaming the suppliers. So uh, I guess that means if they're going to take that seriously and they want to cut their emissions by so much, there's, you know who they're going to be looking at to make that big change, don't you? It's, it's going to be us, the suppliers. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I sense uh, the arguments coming with um, 
your own companies, Fonterra. I mean, I gather the same uh, same arguments going to be have to be had with them because they're trying to attribute a large chunk of the emissions inside the farm gate as well. But anyway, who who benefits from all this, um, Bryce? Is there any any transparency about where the benefit sits? No, there's definitely not, Don. And I mean, we've talked about this at great length, especially, um, and I don't know if we want to go down the Ewok Ekanoa track, but uh, hopefully it's dead and buried. But, you know, when we, when farmers or business people have a good year by the sweat of their brow and because pricing's favourable, they pay tax on that, and that's fine. And when you have a bad year, of course, you you're probably paying tax from the year before, so it makes it a lot harder. But the whole thing is that it's all based on income. And, and you could say it's not fair, and a lot of times it's probably not. But then when you get a tax put on top of that that's not based on income, it's based on an ideology of uh, emissions, it doesn't matter what state your income's in, you're expected to pay that tax on top of it. And that's mostly what we're finding with all these things. That, that that's exactly what it is. It's a tax on top of what you would normally pay. A, a worker in, in a supermarket or anywhere, they get taxed on their income, and so does a farmer. But this isn't like that. This is totally different. This is an ideology tax. And to add itself to injury, they've got uh, a you know a store rebranding of four hundred million declared in the same week. How's <laughs> all of those signages going to landfill? Going to you know contribute to warming or not? <laughs> but, uh, that's it, Jasper. They've got to, you know, one guy, and I actually know him, but he's at Timaru, and they've just put a new countdown at Timaru. And he said, So what? Now they're going to, they've just, it's just open, not long. And now they're going to tear down all the signage and everything. And I guess they repaint and everything. So there's all that cost and all that uh, energy going into that. Uh, are they taking that into consideration? I mean, it's just, just ludicrous. And you were talking about uh, Don Fontera and questioning what's happening there. I remember, Bryce, it was about two winters ago, Groundswell had called a meeting at the Croydon Lodge, and I stood up there and asked this question of Jamie McFadden. I said, why are we focusing so much on the government? It's our own uh, co-ops pushing this on us. And Jamie said, he says, that's odd. He says, the moment you ask this question, the room around me nodded. And he had, you know, he asked the audience a question that, do you agree with what this young lady says? And he goes, yep, I, I seem a lot of nodding. And that's what's happening. These are our co-ops, be it in farming or, I mean, Countdown is not our co-op. But it seems that these corporates are even more anxious to jump the gun than the government actually is. Yes. Yeah, look, we have people with inside our organization that can tell us quite a bit about that now. And I know just last week um, that um, Fonterra have come out, and I don't know, you may have seen it, where they've just come out and they're renewing all the boilers and putting in um, electric boilers. And they were mm. talking about, you know, how they're going to cut their um, uh, scope three emissions from their suppliers, but they wouldn't enter into how much or anything. So, but they're, they're saying, well, our class one and two or our scope one and two, we're getting on top of that. But then we've got to turn our attention to scope three. And that's the same thing. That's coming back to the food producers again. But you're right. I do remember Jamie talking about that. So it's not just the dairy industry either. We've got that in, in our uh, 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 from our silver fern farms and alliance. I won't 
to say they are specifically the ones, but there's some of them are part of it too. That yes. So, so Bryce, put yourself in the hand uh, in yeah in the shoes of the sustainability officer at Countdown. <laughs> She's charged by her um, her shareholders uh, and her um, her board and her well her CEO to be fair to um, to apply the rules. Um, we've got to find a circuit breaker as producers. What do you think the circuit breaker is? Because this stuff is endemic. It's like the virus of the um, food producers. Uh, they just keep coming at us. And uh, it's not clear to me what gain there is for anyone uh, attacking farmers. But so yeah. what's the circuit breaker in your mind? Uh, look, I, I can only say how I, I operate and, I mean, there's a big picture out there, and it's not a very nice picture. And if you look at the big picture, you can get paralysed and actually do nothing. So mm. I try and take break it down. I say, well, you know, I can deal directly with those people, and I can I can probably make headway there. I can alert other people to that problem. So therefore, I'll put my energy into that. And I found for a start, it was taking little steps. And as I keep saying to people. The more people that hear what you're saying, the more people that want to be part of it, the bigger bigger things you can take on. So it's a matter of keeping up enough people and getting enough momentum that you can really push back. And I guess that's the way I deal with it. I don't actually see how we can actually stop it all. I honestly don't. I can see how we can slowly start pushing back, but I can see people stopping it, and that's all that will stop it as a, as a big movement of people. Yeah, so yeah, at the moment it's about reporting. What cost do you think the consumer would have to bear at the moment from this? Because actually, there's no cost to the consumer. It's all on the farmer right now. Um, when will that trickle down to the consumer? Well, it's yeah, that's a really good question, Don, and that's got to happen. And I mean, our consumers need to actually be very, very aware that this is coming at you and it's getting more rapid all the time because there's more and more costs going on uh, food producers. So, yeah, that's a really good one. That, that's coming soon. It's got to come soon because otherwise there'll be no food produced because farmers will go out of business. So so it's interesting, Bryce. Just before we came on to this interview, I decided to uh, check out who uh, does the Fonte uh, sorry, the countdown um compliance who does the regime reporting for them and there's an outfit in australia called anz i think step anz and you just have to go down their wiring diagrams and you find the perpetrators of all this and it's it's the we can't talk about it we're not allowed to talk about the deep uh united nations spider web or the wef spider web but it's all there it's all there now. You probably don't want to talk about this, Bryce, but um, I do, and uh, you know I think we're going to have to have that conversation very soon because, interestingly, there is not one New Zealand politician who will talk about it, and yet Australian politicians are plenty. There's plenty of them uh, talking about those those tentacles. So when I realised that the auditor or the compliance regime for Countdown was this group, um, Think Step ANZ, it just um, puts it all together for me. What do you say, yeah. Jasprit? Oh, completely. I, I looked at the website the moment you told me, Donna, it says, Think Step ANZ is a signatory to the UN Global Camp Compact and the Climate Leaders Coalition. End of story. That that pretty much spells it out. I've seen this identical thing going on for decades now at this point. And uh, 
it's it's easy to just you know push it away but ultimately uh, Bryce as we saw when Tom Sheehan came it almost seems to me that we are now trying to push solutions to non-existent problems if we actually want to talk about the science here yes yeah yeah I, I agree I mean the, there's so much science there that we're not using and I agree with you Don we all know that there's far more powerful forces behind what's happening than most people can see. And I, I know for me, um, I can see what's going on. I don't push it too much because I uh, I deal with a lot of people who aren't ready to go there yet. Um, yeah. I know through our social media, it gives the opportunity. We don't take anybody off that's talking about that. So even though it may not look that look like we're addressing the issue, we certainly are letting other people address that issue through our organisation. No, I yep. fantastic. That's fantastic, Bryce. I mean, I, I didn't want to put you on the spot, but um, <laughs> I'm I'm certainly after 25 years or even 30 years of observing stuff, I I can't hold back any longer, and so hence why I have the opinions I have. And um, I share them with politicians in New Zealand, and no one is willing to listen. So we've got a big job to do. Um, we, you know, Jasper and I, and I know Groundswell is doing the same. But we're talking um, globally now because we're we're realizing just talking locally isn't doing it. Yeah. Mm. So, so how do you see it working then, Don? I mean, where where do you actually get enough momentum to deal with this head on and push back? That. Uh, to me, that that's the key to the whole thing. Well, it's really hard when the minority is, uh, you know, farmers worldwide are now in a major minority. You know, sorry, it's a, it's a contradiction. We're in a minority. Um, yeah. And it's very hard when you've got the tyranny of the majority forcing uh, their, or exerting their powers over the top of us all the time. Um, and especially, I mean, why is it, do you think? Sorry, I'm going to put it back on you, Bryce. Why, um, why, why do you think? Not one of our 120 politicians is willing to even entertain a discussion when, in fact, it's clear that they are not in control. I guess because if they do address it, then they're going to have to justify it with everybody else. <laughs> and maybe they're not ready to do that, Don. <laughs> uh, I couldn't resist that. Uh, good, good answer. Yeah, good but, answer. you know, it's just sort of, pretend it doesn't exist and let it go away. But Don and I have spoken with politicians across the Tasman. There's Aussie politicians, quite a few of them talking. We spoke to a Dutch politician recently, and it is like the same story all over again. But, you know, before uh, before you go, Bryce, what has the response been to this call out from Groundswell? Oh, we've been absolutely blown away by it. Um, I'd have to say that we didn't expect to get such a response from Australian people who are going to boycott um, Countdown in Australia. That really surprised us. Some of the emails and uh, uh, messages and even phone calls that we've had, I've had a number of phone calls from people, has been just so overwhelming. Now, look, this is something we run into all the time, and you probably do too. I had a room tonight from a guy who's in the um, uh, fruit growing business and he's been well up in the food growing business um and he rang me tonight he was in auckland and he's been waylaid with a number of things got mixed up with shooting in auckland this morning so he wasn't sort of watching what was going on but he said oh i was sitting in the airport and i come across groundswell's page he said and it made me jump out of my seat because he said 
you're taking on something that we would love to do, but we can't because he said, and we get this from the Pukekohe uh, vegetable growers too, they keep urging us on because they get singled out. The minute they try and stand up, they get boycotted. I mean, these supermarkets just bring the stuff in from overseas. So, and the same with the fruit. So they're all scared of taking the big supermarkets on. Yeah, and, and and of course, on top of that, uh, suppliers are scared of being boycotted by their banks now, you know, their finances. There's a whole lot of uh, cards in play. And um, yeah, as I said before, we've got to find a circuit breaker. And, and what I'd say is all power to Groundswell's arm because you are leading the way. You're doing the stuff that... Um, you know, advocacy groups should do. And uh, and um, look, we'll be watching with interest uh, in the days and weeks ahead. I know this is a two-week um, two uh, process, but uh, getting the Australian mates on side, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. so thanks, Bryce. I mean, we'll, we'll be in touch with you in a few weeks, no doubt, and see how you're looking. He's looking very young tonight, very fresh, listeners. <laughs> um, I'm not sure he'll be that in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you now that uh, taking action actually does do something for you. It really does. I mean, uh, to sit back and complain and do nothing is not good enough. We're getting, we've got to take action and we've got to continue to take action because the people that are pushing against us, they're not resting on it. They're, they're keeping at it. So we have to do the same. And it is good for you. It is really good for you to do it. That's no, invigorating. I can see it's invigorating. So, um, yeah, thank you very much, Bryce. And, um, yep, we will check back thank in. You. Thank you so much, Bryce. And, yeah, absolutely echo your sentiment. It is really good to be doing something. And we'll let you get back to your footy now. <laughs> thank you, Jasper and Don. And you ones keep up your great work, too. Cheers, guys. See ya. Okay. Good night. Jaspreet Boparai and Don Nicholson with Greenwashed on RCR, Reality Check Radio.